Welcome to the podcast of Maranatha Ministries. I'm Rick Frank, Senior Pastor of Maranatha, and I pray you'll be blessed by today's message. You can access all of our church information by going to our website at www.mmchurch.com or on all social media by searching at mmchurch. And now be blessed by listening to today's message. You can be seated. I'm going to read uh, four verses of Scripture today. I am going to continue on with the theme that I've been preaching from. Uh, But I want to look at something a little different today. First of all, I'm going to read from Proverbs chapter 9. I'm reading verse number 10 here. The Bible says, the fear of the Lord. The fear. of Everyone say fear. How many of you are afraid of Jesus? We should be just a little bit. I'll explain that, all right? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Psalm 34, verse number four, Bible says here, I sought the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all of my fears. How many of you are afraid of things in this world? We shouldn't be. We'll talk about that in a little bit. (laughs) He delivered me from all of my fears. Psalm 111, verse number 10, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. A good understanding have all those who do his commandments. His praise endures forever. How many of us are afraid of the Lord? We should be a little bit fearful enough to obey his commandments and not challenge them. Amen. <laughs> and then lastly, I want to read a verse from 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. This is an interesting verse of Scripture. God hath not given us a spirit of fear. God has not given us a spirit of fear. But what he did give us was a spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. We need that in our world today. We need power. We need love. Godly love, not this cheap substitute for love that this world offers us. We need power. We need love. And we need a sound mind. Amen? And I think a sound mind is missing in our world today. All right, from that, I'm going to continue preaching from this title that I have been using all throughout this uh, last few weeks here. Three, three messages, actually. This is going to be the fourth, the faithlessness of the faithful. I want to call this part four, and I'm going to subtitle this, The Power of Fear. All right, The Power of Fear. I want to ask you today, going back to the story that I was talking about Abraham and the things that Abraham faced in his life, What do you think it was that caused Abraham to lie to Pharaoh about Sarah? We talked about that in our first session. What do you think it was that caused Abraham to lose faith and end up having his firstborn son at the hands of Hagar, Sarah's servant, instead of fulfilling the promise of God, and that was to have a son with his wife, Sarah? What caused him to take matters into his own hands and have a son with Hagar. What caused Abraham to lie again, even after he, God used him to deliver Lot out of Sodom, and he saw the miraculous working power of God. He saw great things happen in his life, and yet after all of that, he still went and lied again to Abimelech and told him, like he did with Pharaoh, that Sarah was his sister. Evidently, he didn't learn from his mistakes. I'm not going to re-preach. We talked about that. We talked about failing in the past and sometimes in the same areas, falling short. But today I want to 
answer the question as to what caused these things, and the answer is really very simple. Fear. Fear. Fear caused Abraham to lie to Pharaoh. Fear caused Abraham to take Hagar and try to produce a promised child with her instead of through Sarah, which God said it would come from. Fear. Fear that God couldn't do what he said he would do. Fear caused Abraham to lie to Abimelech. Even though he saw God's power in the past when he lied to Pharaoh, fear caused him to reproduce the sin and to fall again in the same area. Fear caused him to do these things, but the real problem was not necessarily the fear, but the misapplied fear. He feared the wrong things. In the first three verses I read to you from Proverbs 9, Proverbs, Psalm 34, and Psalm 111, the word fear comes from two different Hebrew words, but they mean the same thing in the English language. and They, mo- they both mean to be afraid of or, or to be in terror of, to be terrified of. Listen, we do not need to be terrified of the things of this world. We do need to be terrified of God. Now, I don't say that in a negative sense. I'm not trying to be negative here. But I fear the judgment bar of God in hearing him say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. And I want to fear that more than I fear what this world is going to say to me or accuse me of if I am to serve the Lord. I want to be more fearful of the world's rewards than God's rewards, be they good or evil. I want to fear the evil reward of God if I should walk before him and hear him say, depart from me, you worker of iniquity. I have no part in you. I fear that more than this world telling me they want no part of me. Praise God. Now the word fear, as in 2 Timothy verse number 7, God has not given us a spirit of fear. That means, that comes from a Greek word that means to be timid. To be timid and to be a coward. God has not given us that spirit. To be intimidated or to be cowards. In other words, he has not given us a spirit that should cause us to be intimidated by this world or afraid of what this world might say about us or even do to us. What caused these great apostles that are recorded in the Word of God to rejoice over the fact that they were imprisoned? For Paul to say, I rejoice that I am able to partake of the sufferings of Jesus Christ. What caused him to be able to say those things? It was the fact that he understood that God did not give him the spirit of being intimidated by the world around him so that no matter what they threatened him with, it would not cause him to change course. We need to be strong people. We need to be determined people. And so basically, we are to be delivered from fear from being terrified by the things of this world and delivered to the fear of God. The fear of the Lord. And that's in a positive sense. The respect we have for Him. Such respect that whatever He says I'll do. That my reward in heaven is worth more than anything in this world. 
that my eternal destiny is worth more than anything this world has to offer me for 70 or 80 or 90 or even 100 years. My fear of where I'll spend eternity overrides my fear of what, I will, what I'm willing to do for this world. I am not intimidated by this world's accusations against me. Can you say amen? Praise God. So since God is love, and it is a wonderful thing to fall into the hands of the living God instead of the hands of this world, when I'm in trouble, let me fall into the hands of the living God and not into the hands of this world who doesn't really know how to help me anyway. The world tries, and I'm not saying everything in the world is bad. I'm not saying AA is bad. I'm not saying drugs anonymous, whatever, whatever they're offering to help. I'm not saying they're bad. Can you say amen? Not everything in this world is good though. But since God is love, it is a wonderful thing to fall into the hands of the living God instead of the hands of this world. But our problem, every single one of us have this problem. And our problem is, as was Abraham's problem, our father, Father Abraham, as was his problem, so is ours, that the world is much more tangible than God. And the rewards of this world are much more readily available than our God's. Can you say amen? The world applauds the moment we do something that they like. We don't always sense that when we do something for God. We sometimes feel like unprofitable servants when we're living for God. We sometimes feel like the more I try to serve God, the worse things get. Have you ever felt that way? It would seem to me the more I please God, the more my life would go smoothly. It appears sometimes just the opposite happens. And so therefore, we tend in our human nature to become more fearful of the rewards this world is going to give us than we do of the reward God is going to give us because this is more tangible at the moment. Praise God. For Abraham, the actions that Pharaoh and Abimelech were to take were much more tangible to him than the actions God would take if he stood true. And so it was much easier to be afraid of Pharaoh or afraid of Abimelech or afraid of what either might do to him than it was to be fearful of the living God and to trust God to get him through it. Because you and I both know and are living for God and are walking with God and our experience with God that he does not always deliver us from every trouble immediately. Does he? No, he does not. And when he doesn't, it's for our good. I don't know how. I'm not, I don't have the answers. All I know is I trust the Lord. And so for Abraham, the actions of Pharaoh and Abimelech were much more terrible. Fear is a problem that every single living soul must deal with. Fear. 
We are all afraid of something. And it is something that we must conquer in the sense of conquering the wrong kind of fear. There is a healthy fear, and that is a fear of God, a deep respect for God. And we try to downplay the word fear of God like we're not supposed to be afraid of Him. I think we're supposed to be afraid of Him. You know, when I was raising my children, nobody loved my children more than I did, and I probably assume the same is true for all of you. Nobody loves my, loved their children more than, your, more than the parents, or at least they should. A bunch of kids out in this world right now that haven't experienced that. God helped them to find a heavenly father that can teach them what godly love is about. But as much as I loved my children, they also had a healthy, respectful fear of me that if they crossed me, they're going to get it. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with That's good. They need to be a little fearful that when dad gets home, I'm dead. <laughs> That keeps you on the straight and narrow. But we don't want to apply that mentality to God because everything about God is love and mercy and compassion. I want to have a healthy respect for my heavenly Father. Oh, no, if I do that, my Father kill me. And take it one step further. If I do that, my Father might cast, cast me out of heaven and send me to hell. I, 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 yes, fear is not that bad of a thing to have. In fact, I'll say it this way. Everybody's afraid of something. Everybody is afraid of something. We might as well be fearful of the right thing. Can you say amen? So fear is a problem that we must all deal with, at least fear of this world as far as that is concerned. And our success in serving God is determined exactly by the amount of fear that we have for the things of this world as opposed to fear we have for the things of God. Our success in serving God is directly related to our level of fear for this world compared to our level of fear for God. How many of you are familiar with Charlie Brown? How many of you ever watched Charlie Brown Christmas? How many of you ever heard Charlie Brown go to Lucy, the psychologist, to learn what his problem is? She listed all kinds of fears. Perhaps you have this. What's that? That's a fear of this. Well, perhaps you have that. What's, what's that? Well, that's a fear of this. And she went through a list of all kinds of fears, and finally she said, or perhaps you have pantophobia. And he said, what's pantophobia? And she said, that's the fear of everything. And of course he said, that's it! <laughs> and uh, I think a lot of people, without realizing it, deal with pantophobia, except their pantophobia falls short in one area. They fear everything but God. They fear everything in this world and everybody in this world, what everybody's going to think and how everybody's going to treat them and how this is going to take place and how this is going to unfold. But they have left out of that the fear of the Lord. What does he think? Amen? What does he think? Do you realize that the word fear is found in the Bible more times than the word love? That's amazing. When you consider that God is love, that the word fear pops up more in the Bible than the word love. And what's interesting is that the Greek word that's translated to the English word fear in 2 Timothy 1.7, I told you that was a little different than the other three that I read, that Greek word is only found once translated to fear. 
God has not given us the spirit of fear. And that word is found one time, and nowhere else in the entire New Testament is that word used in that manner. And in this scripture, that fear comes from a Greek word which means to be intimidated by. God has not given us a spirit of being intimidated. Isn't that interesting? Because intimidated sounds much more palatable than the word fear. God has not given us the spirit of intimidation. I am not intimidated. Intimidation is fear, but it's different in that intimidation robs you of your ability to act correctly. Being intimidated. Let me ask you something. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to finish this today. I can already see that. So we'll talk about it again next week, some more next week. What caused 10 of the 12 spies that Moses sent into the promised land to spy out the land after seeing the power of God deliver them? You know, it's one of the first things they did. This didn't happen after 40 years. This wasn't Joshua sending him to check things out. This was Moses who just led them out of Egypt through the Red Sea, took the, saw the mountain of Sinai shake under the power of God, and then sent 12 spies into the land of, uh, of the promised land to check it out and see what it's like. And what caused 10 of those to come back and bring an evil report? We can't do this. What was it that caused them to say that? Intimidation. They were intimidated by the size of the giants. What caused the army of Saul to hide behind rocks and bushes at the sight of Goliath? Intimidation. What caused the rich man to walk away sad when Jesus told him what he needed to do to be saved? Intimidation. He was intimidated by the cost of salvation. What caused the disciples to flee when Jesus was arrested? And what caused Peter to deny him three times during his trial? He was intimidated. He was intimidated by the power of the Roman soldiers. The ten spies were intimidated by the size and the number of the inhabitants of the promised land. The army of Saul was intimidated by the size of Goliath. The rich man was intimidated by the size of the commitment that it was going to take to make it into heaven. And the disciples were intimidated by their vulnerability. If they could do that to Jesus, what will they do to us? There's nothing more powerful and more effective at hindering the work of God going forward Nothing more powerful, but not just the work of God going forward, but the work of God in your life going forward. Nothing more powerful than that we are intimidated by the things that oppose God. Sickness is not as intimidating as this world. We just listed several people that need prayer. What do we do when this happens? We run to God. 
That's not what intimidates us. But what this world thinks sometimes intimidates us. Can you say amen? Franklin Roosevelt said, the only thing we have to fear is fear itself. The only thing we have to be worried about is our ability to be intimidated by the things of this world and by the things that oppose God. Can you say amen? A Greek philosopher said, men are not troubled by things themselves. This is a powerful statement. I don't know who the Greek philosopher was because he didn't list his name, but he said this, men are not troubled by things themselves, he said, but by their thoughts on the thing. It wasn't Goliath that intimidated them. It was their thoughts of what Goliath would do to them if they stepped out onto the battlefield with him. That's what intimidated them. It wasn't the, the inhabitants of the promised land that intimidated them. They saw God bring down Pharaoh and all of Egypt. They weren't afraid of the people. They were afraid of what those people could do to them. And so they were intimidated, not by the thing, but by the thought of what that thing could do. Man, if we could change our thinking, we could change our lives. And that's why 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10 tells us to cast down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Boy, does that scripture make sense when you add to it this concept of not being intimidated and not being fearful of what this world thinks or what the devil will do to us or what this world will think of us. Cast down those arguments and every high thing that would exalt itself against the knowledge of God and bring those thoughts into captivity so that we can serve the Lord no matter what. Praise God. All right, I'm going I'm I'm to I'm I'm start wrapping this up. If you've never understood this before, pray now and begin to pray now that you can understand it. And this is, the, and this is what it is. The only thing, the only thing that is between you and every single blessing God has promised us is your thought about it. Your thoughts on it. Every promise God gives us, the only thing between you and that promise is your thoughts. I can't live like that. I can't do this. My family will say this. My friends will disown me. I might lose my job. This might happen. That might happen. Your thoughts. It's your thoughts. Stop us from entering our promised land. If I go in there, they're bigger than me. They're more powerful than me. They'll take us down. They'll destroy us. I won't make it. I won't survive this. I don't know what they'll say. I don't know what they'll do. Thoughts. It's all just thoughts. There's no reality to it. The reality is what God hath said, He can do. 
the reality is if God said it, it will happen. It's our thoughts on it. And so let me just close today by repeating 2 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse 5 and then reading one more verse. 2 Corinthians 10 and 5 says, casting down arguments in every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Anything that contradicts what God said, cast it down. And bring into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. This thought doesn't please God. This fear doesn't please God. This thinking doesn't please God. I'm bringing this into captivity. And then let me close this, close with this. Proverbs 23, verse 7, the beginning portion of that verse simply says, For as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If he thinks this world's approval is so important, then he's a worldly approval seeker. I couldn't think of a better best I could come up with. A worldly approval thinker. W-A-T. He's a what? <laughs> if he thinks all that matters is what God thinks, says, and does, and even if it costs me my life, I'm going to serve him, then that's what he is. That's what he does. That's how he lives. We are outwardly the product of our thoughts inwardly. And if we don't like what's going on in our lives, we need to begin by changing our thinking and fear the right things. Can you say amen? Let's stand together. Jesus, we love you today. We thank you for your blessings, for your promises. They are yea and amen. And yet many times, Lord, we falter at the promises of God because the battle of this world is so tangible. And the promises of God sometimes seem so intangible, so far away. Help us by faith to stand upon the rock, Christ Jesus, and understand that all the rest is sinking sand so that we lose the spirit of the fear of man and would replace it with the healthy fear of Almighty God. Let's clap our hands for Jesus. Thank you for listening to the Maranatha Ministries podcast. If this message touched you, please make sure to subscribe for more sermons from Pastor Frank and the ministry team here at Maranatha, as well as follow us on our social media platforms. We are located in Schenectady, New York, And if you are in the area, we invite you to join us during our weekly Sunday service starting at 10.30 a.m. We look forward to you joining us again next week for another anointed message. Thank you and God bless.